Hello, hello. Welcome back. You're all back. Good to hear you all chatting. Hope you all talked about the footy last night because there were some great games last night. The Crows did lose by one point. That's a shame. The Saints, where's David Burford? The Saints played really well. I was watching that. It's that time of year. Anyway, that's footy. We're here to preach. So why don't we just pray and then I'm going to get into the word. Let's just pray for a minute. Oh Lord, I thank you for this place. I thank you for the people gathered here. I thank you for the place of community that this place is. And uh, I just pray you be with us today as we come around your word that uh, you speak to us. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to have your way today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to talk about persistence today. Persistence. I went for the word persistence over perseverance, and I'll explain a bit of that later. But um, I had a completely different topic in mind for the months leading up to, to this preach. And then I woke up, I think it was Monday morning, and God said, you've got to preach on persistence. And I went, it's Monday morning, I'm preaching on Sunday next week, let's have a go at this. So it's... This message in itself is a testament to persistence. It's a testament to be, me putting my head down and obeying God and listening to his word. So um, I just pray it blesses you. I'm going to start with a story. This reminds me of Emily's preaching. I'm going to start with a story. But let me tell you this story. Once upon a time in a forest lived a tortoise and a hare. The hare was known for being incredibly fast and took great pride in his speed. He would often boast about how no one in the forest could beat him in a race. The tortoise, on the other hand, was slow and steady and not known for any exceptional talents. One day, the hare, tired of the tortoise's slow and steady ways, challenged him to a race. The turtle, because it's easier to pronounce than tortoise, accepted the challenge despite the hare's reputation for speed. And the news of the race spread throughout the forest and many animals gathered to watch the spectacle. On the day of the race, the turtle and the hare positioned themselves at the starting line. The hare seemed confident and even a bit cocky while the turtle appeared calm and focused. The signal was given and the race began. The hare shot off like lightning quickly disappearing from sight. Confident in his abilities, he decided to take a nap under a shady tree midway through the race, thinking he had, he had plenty of time to catch up and win. Meanwhile, the turtle kept plodding along at his slow and steady pace, never wavering from his path. He didn't pay much attention to the hare's disappearance and continued to put one foot in front of the other. As the turtle approached the finish line, the hare woke up from his nap and realised that the turtle was nearing the end of the race. He sprinted as fast as he could, but it was too late. And the turtle crossed the finish line, winning the race. The animals in the forest were astonished and cheered for the turtle's victory. The hare was humbled by the experience and learned a valuable lesson about overconfidence and underestimating others. The turtle, despite his slow pace, had triumphed through his steady determination and perseverance. The turtle was persistent. 
the turtle just woke up and, and decided that even though he was undermatched for this race, that he would just take one step after a, another. That he would just plod on on his way. When I think about this story and I think about persistence, I think about the biblical concept of persistence. And this concept of persistence for me resonates so strongly because I've often felt like the turtle. I've often felt like I'm just plodding along on a course. But God calls all of us to to maintain a steady course. God, when he talks about running the race, doesn't want us to be brash and overconfident and just run ahead, striving for stuff. He wants us just faithfully to sit in the hope that is Jesus and just plot along, taking one step after another. Resistance, uh, persistence can be defined as continuing to work toward a goal or overcoming obstacles. That sounds like a faith journey to me. It can be a determined and focused effort over time, regardless of difficulties that may arise. Persistence can be even when progress is slow or obstacles seem insurmountable. When it seems impossible, just persist. Sounds like a spiritual practice to me. That when the, the, our life just feels impossible, when there's obstacles that seem like we're never going to overcome them, when progress seems slow, we just persist. I think of Moses in the desert. I think about the wilderness experiences of, of the Bible. I think of Moses and Israel wandering the desert where God provided them manna and sustained them as they wandered. They didn't rush ahead and go off course, but they just plodded along step by step. I think of Jesus and his wilderness experience, but also think of all his ministry. I think of his, all the opposition, all the setbacks. See, I didn't get, oh no, I'm all right. I always forget to get the clicker when I preach. But I do have a PowerPoint up there somewhere. We're going to get to that in a minute. The word is full of people who live in a place of persistence. I'm going to read Hebrews 12 right now. I think I've got that on the slide somewhere. There we go. This is the classic verse about running the race, about perseverance. Therefore, since we are Surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then I love this bit. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Consider Jesus and his persistence. 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's have a look. In the message translation, when I preach, I like to go to the message. It breaks it down into simple English. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed on the the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down and start running and never quit. Are we running like the hare or are we running like the tortoise? No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished the race we're in. Then this line, study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed that exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honour right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he ploughed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. When our battle, when our journey, when our walk feels like it's going nowhere this verse is encouraging to us to go over the story of Jesus time and time again item by item and look at what he got through and if he got through it we can get through it this resonates so strongly with me my family my life It's been my story for all my life, facing opposition, not completing things, dropping out of year 12, God feeling like I was called to ministry when I was straight out of high school, but not being qualified enough, but yet just plodding on, plodding on. And who knows what would have happened to me if I'd quit? I faced so many obstacles over the years, but here I am today at 47 years old and I've just plotted my way through life. I've just held on to the one thing that I know and that is faith, that is hope, that Jesus is enough, that despite our failings and our, and our, and our feelings, despite being caught up in all that stuff, we just plot on and, and keep going. I pray that this word today is an encouragement to us This is not a word that's bringing us down. This is a word that will lift us up. Because what this word should share with us and should encourage us with is that we can just keep striving. Just keep putting a foot in front of each other. Just holding on. I'm going to try and get a clip on the screen right now. When I thought about persistence, I thought about what it's like to witness a an animal taking its first steps, or an eagle trying to fly. I thought about nature. I'm sh- it's a shame Julie Carboni's not here today because she would love this. But um, I thought about this. So can we try and get that, that slide to work? I'm going to sit and watch with you. And when we watch, I hope this is not in the way, but when we watch, let's just think about our own journey, what it looks like.
we go. Come on. many of us have felt like this in our journey, that we just figured it out, we think we got it, and then, and then that happens. We just fall on our face. Come on, nah. I just found it so, so illustrative of the way that our journey sometimes goes, is that sometimes we can be like this guy think we got it all together when they just fall on our face but persistence pays off and I'm sure this guy gets to his feet eventually it's only a two minute clip so there we go and he gets the attention he needs and he stands up and he lives his life alright that's enough of that clip Samuel was just asking me what the purpose of me showing a giraffe clip was in my preach. The purpose is, I just saw that first moment where the baby giraffe gets to his feet and you're like, yes, he's got it. And then he just face plants straight into the ground. And I thought, isn't that like our life? Isn't that like our life? And we think we got it. God, you're in control. God... I believe in you and I believe you've saved me and I believe my life's going to go this direction and it's going to be great. And then we stagger to our feet and then two seconds later, bang, we smack our head into the ground. But we keep persisting and we keep getting through. I think one of the most um, popular most well-known stories about f- persistence in the Bible is the women with the issue of blood. And the thing I love about this story is that it's just a demonstration of persistence. Here's this woman who's been suffering. She's been suffering for, what do they say, 12 years. And no one could heal her. And Jesus is in the middle of ministry you read this account in Luke and he he's cast out demons he's done healings he's his fame is risen to a point where crowds are rushing to be with him everywhere he goes and this story takes place and and the crowd is so thick that no one can get to him the crowd is so thick that it seems impossible and yet here she is and in her pain and in her suffering and in her hurt. And she sees Jesus and she goes, I've got to get to him. This crowd looks like it's too big. Why don't you think right now of a time when a crowd has been too big, whether it's a footy game or the royal show or some big event. Think about what it takes for me to get through that crowd, for this woman to get through that crowd the hassle it takes to get there so the crowds had almost crushed him and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years but no one could heal her 
and she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. So that healing power that was in him had come from her. And Jesus said, who touched me? When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are pressing in and the crowd is around you. Surely everyone here has touched you. The crowd is so big. What are you talking about? And, and Jesus said, someone touch me. I know that power has gone out from me. And then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. My notes on this say, understand your value and know your worth. She could have easily given up. She could have easily said, but I'm just a woman. For in those days, she was just a woman. Not only am I just a woman, but I'm a woman who has this shameful issue. In a society that judges me, in the culture that shuns me. Know your value and know your worth. For Jesus knew her value and knew her worth and, and she was worth enough to disrupt the king. Amongst a giant crowd, she was desperate enough and worth enough to disrupt a king. She was persistent. She'd recognized her issues. She'd lived with this thing so long that it surely was speaking to who she was. It was causing her to feel outcast and set apart. But she said, you know what? I'm valuable enough to be persistent. I'm valuable enough to chase something and to push through the crowd. The other note I have is, I could just sit here, but I'm going to crawl. I'm going to be like the turtle and just take a step. How often do we get stuck in our own stuff that it causes us to just stay still? How often do I get caught in my own stuff that it's easier just to pull the quilt over the head and stay in bed? And not face that stuff. But God's word says that we should get up. And we might not have enough strength to, like the hair, take off and race towards the goal. But God gives us just enough strength when we're hurting in our pain, in our sorrow, that we can just crawl towards him. That even if we move just an inch a day in the right direction, we're still heading in the right direction. God doesn't want me to run towards 
a prize and put on a fake head and a, a fake mask and dress up all nice and strong and, and stride through my stuff. He wants the real me. He wants the real you. He wants us to be vulnerable enough with our hurt and our pain to just go, you know what, life sucks right now, but help me to focus on you. Help me just to crawl through the mud to get to you. Do I just sit in my own stuff, my own health issues, my mental health battles, my situation? Do I just sit there and let that define how I live? Or do I every day get back up and dust myself off and just persist? It reminds me of an illustration I did a long time ago on a whiteboard. And I have shared this here at church a long time ago, but I know there's lots of people here who are new. This illustration, I hope, demonstrates what, what God does to us when we align our lives with his will. Because often in life, we, we can feel like we can live in feelings mode. We can live in, we can live in a society in a in our in our everyday that says, "I feel bad, so therefore I am bad. I feel like this, so therefore, what's the point?" But this demonstration about I call this the seed planted demonstration. So if I've got a seed here, this is my seed, and if I plant this seed in the ground. It's hidden from natural sight. But that doesn't mean with some sunshine on it and some water that it's not going to start to grow. So here's the seed a little bit while longer and the seeds, the sprouts are starting to come. It's starting to establish roots. Why is this important? It's because if we look at the natural pro process of growth, if we look at the natural process of planting, planting a seed, living by faith, living in hope, when we choose not to see the natural, because we can forget about this seed. This seed has been planted in my garden. Unless I mark it and know where it is, I could forget about it. But God doesn't stop working in that place. So in our lives, often we, we might have a call of God on us or we might, we might um, understand God's will for us or just we might want to live in his way. But we often plant that seed and life up here is crazy. But down deep is a seed that's been planted in God. That seed is, is his word, is his will for our lives. Because that seed is, is the scripture that says, before I was born, I knew you in your mother's womb. I knew your days. Your days are written on my hand. 
It's all that stuff. And what happens is that this seed continues to just sprout and happen down underneath. And then eventually we see growth. And then we water it and we see more growth. It's a demonstration that persistence. What we see in the natural isn't always what happens in the spiritual. Sometimes we see circumstances that seem pretty crappy. But God is in control. God sees our life and he knows our timeline. And sometimes we just need to surrender it to it and say, God, I've planted the seed. Help it to grow. Help my life to take a path that follows you. The persistence and faith to hold on, the faith to endure. When I was preparing for this, I thought about the old hymn, It Is Well. I think I was just out for a drive and it popped up on my Spotify list. It is well and, and it holds great meaning for me. It's, it's been something that's encouraged me over the years, this song. And, I, and when you, I did write down, where is it? I printed it out. Well, the meaning of this song from the author... Maybe I didn't record it. That's okay. It is well with my soul. I love this line that says, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Now Horatio, who wrote this song, lost his family in a shipwreck. They were going to be with him, I think. I'm freestyling this off the top of my head. They were going to be with him, to going to meet up with him again, the, the, the kids and the wife. And he received a telegraph at home that said, from his wife that said, one survivor, essentially, it said, I've survived, but we lost others. His daughters had died in the shipwreck. They drowned. And he then went on the same journey on the ship, which in itself is kind of crazy. You imagine you've just lost your kids to a shipwreck and then you jump in a boat and do the same journey. That's pretty bold. And as he crossed, they say as he crossed the one of the similar points to where this shipwreck happened, he wrote this song. And this line, when sorrows like sea billows roll, just speaks to me. It speaks to me about when we get smashed by the ocean just to hold on. How many of us get smashed by life and God sends us a, a life boy in his word and we're just called to cling to it like our life depends on it when we go through stuff when we face challenges and obstacles and trials we're called to cling to him 
like a life boy. We're called to cling to him with all we have. I wish I could demonstrate that for you right now, but I'm sure that you can imagine it in your own mind that the seas feel like they're overwhelming and the waves continue to smash us, but we have to hold on to this life that is God's life. For if we don't, we'll be consumed by the ocean. We must have persistence. We must have persistence and the will to go on. I noted three actions that we can put in place to ensure that we live a life of persistence. The first one I noted was to know who you are. And again, that's about going back to our word and our scripture and knowing that we are created in his image, that we are, we are created in beauty and and we are created whole and we're compl- created complete. That we're created, we're not failures. All those things that we should know about ourselves. We need to remind ourselves about what the word says of us. We need to know our creator. We need to know that he is God over our life. And then we need to know our word. All of it harks back to just remembering what he says of us. The spiritual practice of persistence. It's a tough one to formulate and I pray that you've been blessed today as I'm sharing. I pray that um, you can see your own life and see the times when God has been with you through the tough times that you can look at the story of God and the story of Jesus and say he endured this trial and that trial and he got through. And as I close, I just invite you to do that right now, just to reflect on a time when God has got you through. To be thankful for a time when God has got you through. And to use that as our, our counterbalance, use that as our anchor. For when the waves and the storms come in our life, let us be anchored to hope. Anchored to hope that it comes from God. Because if we remember what God has got us through, then our journey They'll continue to be little beacons of hope that when our life gets tough and when things hit the fan, we can look back and go, God, you were faithful then. You continue to be faithful now. And that is persistence. That we would be like the tortoise in this story that we shared earlier. Not brash and overconfident, but Confident enough to just put one step after another. Confident enough just to to keep striving on and keep pushing on.
Gio, why don't you come and play for us a little? I'm not sure this is a message that evokes response. But I wonder if we can just reflect for a moment on on how good God is to us. I wonder if we can shift that paradigm that says, I live my life based on how I feel today. I live my life based on what I can see with my own eyes. I wonder if we can get to a place where we can see what God's doing below the surface. Why don't we just take a quick moment right now just to reflect on that. Let God remind you of His record book. Let God remind you of the things that He's done in your life. may not even see them as great trophies but they are we may not see them as great success stories but even the fact that God has got you to where you are today is is a trophy that's something you can cling to so let's just reflect for a minute